Good afternoon or good morning, listeners, depending on which time zone you're in. I'm your host, Will Brost, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. Co-hosting and West Coasting is my good friend Patrick Anderson. How are you? Doing pretty good today. Yeah, normally I uh, get to say good morning, but um, since you delayed our recording schedule, it's now roughly 1 o'clock p.m. where I am. And 11 yeah. o'clock a.m. where you are. We're uh, doing it it's kind of, super late this time. Right. I, I've been used to this every other week, Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Time, and you just threw that out the window like a total, just yeah. a total disregard for our process. Not even really a reason for it. I was just like, no, let's just two hours later. <laughs> 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 well, I'm glad you were able to make it two hours later. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what today is? It's the end of another quarter, uh, which means that it's time for another quarterly report. The 2020 quarter two quarterly report is officially underway. Uh, each of us has four albums that we would like to recommend from the past three months. Um, these are not records that we have previously talked about on uh, other episodes. So if you're like, oh, why aren't you recommending Run the Jewels or Moses Subney? Uh, go check our other podcasts. I'm sure we have opinions on those. Um, but these are our personal <laughs> recommendations. Uh, you know, this is just what what did we like that we haven't talked about over the past three months? Um, mm-hmm. We'll alternate. Uh, so do you want to start or, or do you want me to start? Oh, giving me the option here. I, I want to start. Okay. I want to be some. Yeah, go for it. What's your first one? <laughs> I want to. I want to change our our podcast time, and I want to start the podcast. <laughs> I can't believe I gave you the option, even though like you delayed us two entire hours. So um, yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty. That was pretty that was generous of me, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and we and as a reminder, we do give awards uh, as we uh, divvy out these recommendations. So, uh, yes, what's your award for your first recommendation? <laughs> oh, this is great. It's pretty good. <laughs> this one, <laughs> you're already laughing. This is great. <laughs> this one kind of sucks. It's like great start to a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> this one, this one, no, 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 the album doesn't suck. Obviously, oh, okay. but <laughs> the. The award is just straight up best genre name. <laughs> oh no, I actually, I actually, I find that fascinating. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Never mind. It doesn't suck. It, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So this award is uh, given to the album "Forever" by Midwife. Hmm. Um, fairly obscure group from san francisco from this neck of the woods mm. um i found out about them from uh have a nice life's label um the flenser um they sign a lot of like a lot of west coast or cal san francisco artists um and they all kind of have this like aesthetic of have a nice life where they're dealing with a lot of very bleak subject matter and very lo-fi production and i was like okay i'll you know i i so far have 
really loved everything I've heard from Have a Nice Life. So I was like, okay, I'll check this out. And um, yeah, this one was great. Um, it was it came by their recommendation, and I'm glad I checked it out. It does have a lot of themes that I'm familiar with from uh, death consciousness, um, but it also you know it, it's it's its own unique um, project too. So um, I don't want to I don't want to compare too much to have a nice life, but that's like just for context where I found out about this uh, this group. Or this artist. So the genre name, since I gave it an award, is called Heaven Metal. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was like super cool. That is cool. Um, and it it makes total sense for what this is. So um, the sound and aesthetic to this album it has a lot of shoegaze um, and ambient elements to it, while also having a very heavy and dreary atmosphere to it um the metal aspect of it is really just in thematics it's talking a lot about death and specifically about the death of um the this is a duo but the uh, death of second member of this group colin ward Mm. um so i think the metal aspect like metal in terms of just what you're used to you know what i mean like a general sense of metal has to do with the subject matter because the instrumentation is pretty much all very slow core shoegaze kind of um style there's not really a lot of like aggression it's a lot of heaviness to this project but not a lot of aggression but i thought the the album or the uh, genre name heaven metal was awesome because those are two very uh, like a heavenly sound put into a metal um aesthetic is a very interesting um an interesting concept for a sound so and they do a really good job of capturing this so um yeah this project is pretty short um but it's really effective and it's emotional it's kind of heartbreaking like i said the core of this album kind of deals with the um suicide of Mm. the second band member colin ward and there's a very lengthy poem that he had written that is read um by i i think it's by him over voice memo or voice message or something on the track crfw um and and this that's followed up by a really beautiful, extravagant, ambient uh, synth, uh, very sorry, a very lengthy synth line um, that's very ambient in nature. Um, so that's like the core of the album is like in that song and the song "Vow" before that. Other than that, it's basically. Um, the grieving process of the of the lead singers like real is the the lead singer processing everything hmm. um so the first track starts out with this uh reference to idiotech actually <laughs> um where you know the, the idiotech 
this is really happening, happening, mm-hmm. that, you know, the lyrics, everything. So they use those lyrics um, and just kind of interpolate them in a very slow down, heavy um, aesthetic. And it puts a little bit of a spin on it where they're straight up just grieving um, because of this horrible tragedy that's, just, that's happened which I thought was interesting because I immediately recognized the lyrics and I was like, wait, what the heck is Radiohead? <laughs> um, but it puts a spin on it. That's very heartbreaking and sad. Uh, you know, not to say that Idiotech itself isn't like a sad song, but the instrumentation and the delivery from Tom York makes it kind of goofy enough to where it's, you know, a little bit more digestible than this. So, um, yeah, this song or this album is, a really emotional project it's very heavy um but aesthetically it's very beautiful too like the guitars on here are really like watery and clean they're very satisfying um the there's a lot of buzziness to this album the vocals are kind of muffled behind do they have this filter on them that just makes them like a little bit hard to decipher but so you're listening very closely and it provides a really intimate um, connection. The, it, yeah, and the, um, the closer song on this album, Swim, but it's actually like Swim, but abbreviated by period. So S W I M. Okay. Um, it's uh, one of the, I, it, it might end up coming into the Scopies later on for like mm. best songs because it's just a, a very simple track it's probably the most like straightforward singer-songwriter kind of track on this album um, but it's just really heartbreaking and gorgeous and kind of sounds like an affirmation um, and acceptance of everything that they're dealing with on this project um, beforehand so uh, yeah overall this project is gorgeous it's a little short um it's a little simple in certain ways and uh while the poem is beautiful and in context it's like it's hard to criticize because you know the context is really heartbreaking Mm -hmm. um i think that the poem being so lengthy uh, in the middle of this album does make for like a, you know it, the the re-listenability to it is is a little bit tough, but I think overall the con the the concept is fleshed out really well, and it gets to your emotions and just kind of devastates you, especially on the first lesson. So, but this is a very very solid album. Um, so yeah, it, that's all I gotta say about it. It's an eight out of ten for me. Check this one out. Very Support nice. Support Bay Area artists. Yeah, so, okay, so Midwife and the album is Forever? Because I had never heard of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this one I kind of expected to be a little bit more like, I don't know, people not hearing about it, because I, I don't think it's gotten very much coverage either. And really the only reason I would have looked at it was just because, um, you know, I after I ordered a bunch of vinyl from the flenzer for have a nice life they're like hey you might like this artist too Hmm. so that's pretty much all it was well there you go i mean that's part of the purpose of this podcast is to kind of shed some light on maybe some 
uh, undercovered musicians. So, uh, yeah. yeah, very nice. Uh, heaven metal. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my list. Um, nice. very nice. Uh, I am, I am giving this, my first recommendation, the, uh, the pen game award, right? So nope. this is, this is an award that this artist wins like every time he releases an album. Um, and it's going to Ka for, uh, Descendants of Cain. Um, nice. if you are a hip hop fan who likes bars, like this is your guy um so yeah ka is a a rapper and a and a producer as well from brooklyn um specifically i guess the neighborhood of brownsville that comes up a lot in his music um i've loved ka over the years uh for his lyricism and uh his concept albums as well uh these concepts are they're always different but they're they're similar in that they kind of manifest as metaphors for his environment and his upbringing. Um, so the 2016 album, Honor Killed the Samurai, it's about Ka kind of relating his life to the code of the samurai, but instead he ends up living the code of the street. Uh, 2018's Orpheus versus the Sirens, which we both loved, uh, he uses Greek mythology to describe his reality. Um so this new album, Descendants of Cain, uh, uses the story of Cain and Abel uh, and other like biblical references, mostly from the book of Genesis, uh, to once again depict his upbringing. Uh, we grew up in a Christian environment, and so I don't know how familiar the average person is to the story of Cain and Abel, but in brief, uh, Cain and Abel were the first sons of Adam and Eve. Uh, they both... Like, had to make sacrifices to God, but God preferred Abel's sacrifice to Cain's sacrifice. And perhaps in part because Cain was jealous, he killed his own brother and was then exiled to the land of Nod. Um, he, Ka himself most directly references this story on the song uh, Solitude of Enoch, uh, where the chorus says, brothers killing brothers descendants of cain and that's kind of when the concept of this album clicks in right um so he's using the story of cain and abel to describe his date you know the day-to-day -day violence um so i'm i'm in on the concept as an idea mm -hmm. but of course you need like the execution to sell it and like ka has brilliant lyricism so of course he sells it um how many ka lyrics am i allowed to just recite verbatim <laughs> before it becomes bad podcasting um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i could go all day uh i love the religious one-liners in the lyrics kind of keeping with the theme of the album uh you know he says something like i saw too much to have blind faith or um for my life to alter i had to sacrifice you know it's just very clever stuff um not every lyric here directly references religion um and I mean, here's one of my favorites in that example. Had to use your fists to change your fiscal. Figuring how to get rich became the ritual. As teens, we bought full magazines if we had an issue. I like, when I caught that on my second or third listen, I had like an audible reaction. I, I, I don't know what noise I made. I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> and that was like my third or fourth time hearing that. And that's kind of the thing with Ka's music. It isn't necessarily like the most immediately satisfying record especially if you're unfamiliar with his work um it's very minimalist it's solemn it is dry as hell 
his delivery is monotone. Uh, he has like a gruff voice. The production is cold. Um, and <laughs> there are barely any drums on this album. Um, mm -hmm. Descendants of Cain, like any of his releases, it, it rewards active listening and patience. The instrumentation isn't like going to grab your ear, but it fits what he's doing vocally very well. Um, you know, as I, you know, he's he produces most of the record himself, so he knows what he sounds good over. Uh, so the production isn't bad; it's just not the like focal point of the record, I guess. Um, so I, I do like the instrumentation, but its purpose is primarily to kind of like set the stage for Ka's lyricism. A uh, good example of this, one of my favorite songs on the entire record, is this song, Patron Saints. Uh, great, chilly piano instrumental. It, it sounds good, but the star of the show is the lyricism on this track, uh, specifically the theme, which is like, it's called Patron Saints. It's, it's a song about how Ka's role models eventually turn to crime because it, it, in that environment you kind of have to turn to crime to survive um, and because his role models turned to crime he turned to crime as well uh, love a couple of the lyrics on here uh, just kind of comparing these kind of holistic you know these well uh, these patron saint quote-unquote type of positions mm -hmm. and just showing like the dark side that they turn to uh, a monk swore a vow of silence to the jakes our yogis did stretches upstate. Our Sir Lancelots at round tables cutting eighths. Uh, our senseis spent days peddling. Our heroes sold heroin. Um, I could keep going, but you get the point. Um, yeah. Love, I just love that theme so much. Uh, Descendants of Cain, is, it's consistent. It's cohesive. It has the concept. It has everything I expect from a Ka project. Um, and that's kind of to a fault. Because, like, unfortunately, like, this record doesn't deviate much from the typical Ka formula. Like, if you like Ka, you're going to like this album. If not, you're mm -hmm. not going to like this album. Uh, so I wish he did kind of branch out a little bit more thematic, or not not thematically. The theme is one of the strong points. I guess the aesthetic, I wish he kind of deviated a little bit. Um, all of that considered, though, uh, Ka, Descendants of Cain, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Yeah. yeah, love it. That was uh, I, I I listened to it only like a couple times, but it's one that I know that I liked a lot mm. when uh, when I went through, and it's one that I I'm gonna definitely go back to more as the year goes. It's good. Yeah, I I, I don't yeah. think I like it as much as that Orpheus versus the Sirens album, but it's pretty close. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I'm loving it. He's so good at just capturing these concepts that are like literary concepts yeah um, and and just transforming them and it's, it's he's got such an interesting way of transforming it into a relevant uh social like commentary <laughs> yeah and and i guess something else too um it's a bit misleading because the album cover looks like it's for like a black metal album uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's just it, it's with the biblical theme so that's why he chose it but um yeah it, it's great great artwork um, yeah, it could throw somebody off if they're like, oh, this looks awesome. And then <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just as bleak as you would expect, but it's not the sound you might expect. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, all right, what's your uh, second one? That's awesome. Um, okay, next one might be from another artist that um, you may not have heard of. This is 
coming from a quietus recommendation. Ooh. Um, but uh, you might have heard of this. I've, I've talked about it very briefly, like, on Twitter. But this gets the I listened to Merzbow Award. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. The, basically, clarification on that is I, like, finally listened to Merzbow for the first time earlier this year, and I <laughs> fucking loved it. And it's gotten me a lot more interested in harsh noise overall. And I've been trying to check out more harsh noise. And this was a project, a noise uh, noise project that I came across this year from the Quietus's noise column. Hmm. And uh, yeah, and I, and I love it. Um, so this is the self-titled album from Jason Krumer. Okay. Um, he's... he's put out another album called Ottoman Black in the past that is supposedly kind of a legendary project in the modern noise world that I haven't checked out yet. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'm sure that I'll go and check that out at some point. This is the first one that I've checked out from him, though, and I'm really impressed. Um, this is, as you might expect from a noise project, very hard to listen to, but it's... I mean, it, it's very fascinating. It's super scary. It's very disorienting. Um, but there's a lot of very rich textures to this and very interesting soundscapes that are terrifying, but they're also just fascinating. Um, there's, there's a theme of transformation to this project um, in both good and bad ways. So there's like uh, there's this idea of of kind of um, exploring your inner psyche and mental illness as a whole and transforming yourself by through that to this project. Hmm. Um, since it's a noise project, there's no lyrics to kind of paint that picture, but you have to kind of get it through the aesthetic. So the the sounds just kind of will start to crash into each other at points and towards the end of the project they become completely unrecognizable and basically turn into kind of a monster at points hmm. which is interesting to listen to um, but that's not always the case through the album too there's also kind of beautiful moments of just straight up ambience to this uh, project like on the track King Depression um, which is another aspect of this that I'll get into. Um, but there are moments on this album, like I said, that just straight up break away from the harsh noise and kind of give you like a moment of really beautiful ambience to breathe in. And then all of a sudden, the noise will just kind of like come out of nowhere. It's like a jump scare. Oh. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that can be like unsettling and it can turn people off a lot. I think it's awesome. I think that it's, you know, it makes for a very valuable listening experience and very distinct. Um, so I, I, I love that idea. And the juxtaposition of sound use on here is, you know, it's it, it'll switch on a dime, but I think that it's captured excellently. Um, okay, so like I was saying, I mentioned the track King Depression. Mm. So that this is a theme that goes throughout the album of uh, 
Jason Krumer kind of diving into his own mental illness and just mental illness as a general concept. So there's uh, tracks on here called King Depression, Lord Insecure, and Mr. Paranoia, mm. which is a kind of a kind <laughs> of a funny like tongue in cheek way of like labeling yourself with these kind of messed up um, self destructive uh, uh, mental illness issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so these tracks are stand out in the middle of this album by kind of being they're on the shorter side for one they're all about like a little over a minute um whereas some of the other tracks can be upwards of like eight or nine minutes on this and they all have this kind of very stripped back minimalist approach so they kind of give like a a a different theme an introduction of a different theme before the harsh noise kind of sets in again. The King Depression starts off with just a very heavy, um, kind of watery sounding um, synth that makes you feel kind of like you're underwater, like you're drowning almost. Um, sort of, you know, like depression. Kind of, it just drags you down. There's a weight to it. Lord Insecure is just again it's like there's kind of like this pinpricking of that that you feel that's like you know self-destruction and um yeah the the self-destructive qualities of insecurity are kind of eating away at the sound mr paranoia has this really frightening uh field recording that just sounds like this metal gate being slammed over and over again by the wind and you know it's kind of like this you know, I mean, that's that's a frightening kind of harrowing sound to hear. So it's just, you know, this it paints this really messed up picture of an overwhelming fear that paranoia can bring. And um, I, it's very powerful. I uh, those those three tracks, I think, are are excellent. And I think that they it just helps to paint this cohesive narrative of um exploration of your own psyche i just think that this album is a very interesting uh, it's just a very interesting exploration into mental illness and um, facing up to your own internal demons um and in a way that is frightening but cathartic um in its own way too so yeah uh yeah so this this is intense Uh, (laughs) i don't really know what else to say about this um so yeah it's a straight up eight out of ten for me on this but this is something that has been kind of hard to rank to and i Mm -hmm. honestly could see it kind of climbing its way up to a nine out of ten because Mm -hmm. it's one of the more memorable projects that i've heard this year so very nice once again haven't heard of it so the jason krumer self-titled yeah and i i still don't know if it's literally called self-titled or if it's just (laughs) (laughs) because like on apple music the album literally says self-titled okay then like across on some some review sites they have jason krumer jason krumer so Mm. I'm just going to say it's the self-titled project. <laughs> right, just leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. How do you spell Krumer? 
I'm adding it kind of to my C C R U M E R. Okay. C R U M E R. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Um well good stuff, Patrick. Um you know, my next one is my most intense album that I'm recommending today, but like I mean I'm following up that, so like not really. Um it's kinda you know, stepping on it. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> review this like super intense uh project and it's gonna like blow your mind but like maybe after listening to jason krumer maybe not i don't know but um <laughs> this i mean that's, it's probably a completely different type of it is of sound so it is and you know it um because this is uh i'm calling it the most twisted hip-hop album of the year so far is my award oh and it's going to backwash uh for yes. yeah for god has nothing to do with this leave him out of it which like okay. which like title album title scopy on the way maybe um that's a great one. Oh hell yeah uh so yeah okay I, oh yeah I, go ahead can i say something real quick yeah i thought you might do this album too but i love this album so yes. much that i added it to mine as well very nice okay so yeah i'll, I'll let you talk about it but yeah i just wanted to so this is this is one of your yeah. four then yeah, this is one of because I I was like, man, I bet Will's going to talk about this. I should find something else. But I I I was like, well, if he talks about it, I'm going to want to talk about it too. So sure. I might as well just add it. So yeah, this is a first for the podcast. But uh, yeah, I'll do my spiel, and then uh, you can do your spiel, and we'll call that your next one. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so uh, yeah, um, backwash uh, spelled like. B A C K X W A S H, like backwash, but there's an X back where this. Swash. Yeah, backswash, right. Um, she's a rapper and producer for Montreal. Uh, God has nothing to do with this. Leave him out of it is her breakout project. I mean, I guess it's her breakout project, but she's not like all yeah. over Rolling Stone or anything. Um, but she is currently getting a well-deserved bump from Anthony Fantano, most notably, I guess, and other music critics as well. Um, like Mike Seatown really likes this album too. Uh, yeah, man, this album is twisted. It's demonic. Uh, it's unsettling. I mean, the first lyric on the entire record is, uh, cross my heart and hope to die. I wish blood on my enemies. It's like, okay, all right, that's, that's the album we're getting into here. Um, so yeah, okay, the lyricism like definitely has some like edginess to it, but it's mostly about her personal demons, um, like abuse, uh, drugs, anxiety, uh, paranoia, suicidal thoughts, just a general hopelessness. Uh, these are mostly like the topics that are explored on the album. Uh, there's this one line she says, I'm damaged, my fear is how I navigate the planet. And to me, that's kind of like a good summary of what's being talked about here. Uh, so these demons consume her, like, every moment. And that's why there's such a point of emphasis on this record. Um, but there are a couple of songs, like, toward the end of this project um, that kind of divert from this theme, and I found them lyrically interesting as well. Uh, Amen, mm -hmm. for example, uh, is a song about the corruption and the money that inhibits organized religion, um, and she kind of points out how churchgoers are often poor, but some of these pastors are, like, living lavish lifestyles. Um, it's like there's a disconnect there. But the closing track, uh, Redemption, is the most powerful song on the record. 
um, even though it has the most gentle instrumentation on the entire record, and I'll get to that soon. Um, but Redemption is a song about her transgendered identity. So while it's it's technically thematically different than the songs about her personal demons, it, it kind of isn't because her experience as a transgendered woman in, in like it impacts much of her anxiety and, and her depression. Um, one lyric I really liked from here, she says, feel like you lost a son, but you gained a daughter. You think it's plain and awkward. You think I'm pain and sorrow. You think I broke your heart. I think it's for survival. Uh, that was a pretty powerful moment for me. Yeah. Um, so the lyricism is important on this record. Um, but I think the sound of the record is what's going to be the most attention-grabbing and potentially jarring for people. Uh, despite all of these like dark topics discussed on this record, this is actually the most... It's like the catchiest album I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, <laughs> by far, actually. It's kind of weird. Um, this is an inventive noise rap album uh, that uh, slaps. It's just bangers all <laughs> over the place. Uh, this... <laughs> It's the production is experimental. It's almost always super aggressive, and it is always great. Um, I seriously can't find too many issues with the beats, most of which are produced by Backwash herself. I love love her energetic approach to noise rap. Uh, the comparisons to acts such as like Death Grips and JPEG Mafia are like super obvious and probably cliched, but I'd be lying if I said her music didn't remind me of them. Um, even though this record right. is clearly distinct from records like The Money Store or Veteran, uh, if you are a fan of Death Grips and JPEG, check her out. Um, it's a highly original project. But you already know the main issue with this album. What is it? Too edgy? Too short. Too short. Yeah, um, okay, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, this could go one or there, two. There were parts, ways. there were part, and to your point, there were parts where I was like, okay, maybe a little too much on the edge for me. But uh, but yeah, it, it's only 22 minutes long. Um, two of these songs are interludes. Interludes to what exactly? I'm not sure. I mean, this it's a 22, why did we need an interlude? I'm not sure. They sound good, but they're kind of... It's 22 minutes. What are we doing here? So I, I think there could have been more to this project. I think that these topics could have been explored at like greater length and even greater depth. Um, so, but despite like how short it is, despite its brevity, this album still leaves a huge impact. Uh, and of course, because it's only two, 22 minutes, it never overstays its welcome. Um, I'm loving this thing, and uh, I'm glad Backwash is having a moment right now. Um, so I'm giving God has nothing to do with it. Leave him out of it. A high eight out of ten. Um, but I'll transition to you to your thoughts on this, and your award for that nice. matter. Yeah. 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 What What was your award again? I just called it like the most twisted hip hop album of the year. Uh, like I couldn't really think of a, <laughs> okay. a better award name. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is similar, but mine mine is the six 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 award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that too <laughs> i thought that that was appropriate given all the subject matter on here <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah um yeah i love this this project yes um enough to where i was like nope gotta talk about it too even though i knew you were gonna you were gonna talk about it very nice um one thing that uh i, I you mentioned was that yeah there has been like all those comparisons to jpeg jpeg mafia especially mm -hmm. i feel like yes um yes. which is fine not a bad person to be 
compared with. But um, one thing that she said in an in interview was uh, that I was like, oh, yeah, people should be making this comparison a little more. Was She said, my dream record is to make something like Danny Brown's Atrocity Exhibition. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what this kind of reminds me of at points because the comparison is that there's this really kind of twisted, messed up aesthetic and production and subject matter that's um, kind of thematically uh, uh, present throughout the album. But there's also a lot of internal dialogue that's very honest and open and kind of very wholesome in some ways. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, the, you know, somebody just really uh, honestly talking about their experiences as, you know, in Danny Brown's case, as a black man, in Backwash's case, as a black trans woman. Something, you know, about that is very forthright and uh and honest and you know as edgy and uh frightening as this album can be like there's that is that is one of the nicest things that you can do you know and one of the kindest uh, things you can do so i was like yeah that is like a perfect comparison um so yeah it, aside from that i just wanted to point that out yeah i i love this i love the horror themes to this album i think that the aesthetic itself is just like so engaging and fun in a lot of ways it's kind of weird to say that because there's a lot of really like there's right. a lot of 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 both like messed up subject matter on here and very heartbreaking uh, subject matter on here but just like from a production standpoint i mean it's just straight up awesome so um, it, it's interesting to have that though, that mix of feelings um, while you're listening through to this. Um, so there's yeah, there's a lot of shock value on here, which I think for the most part is executed really well. I think that her depiction of depression and their themes of isolation from the church, from society in general, and even her own. Um, internal dialogue and her own self-destructive tendencies are captured really well um yeah her her vocal delivery too is so exciting and engaging um i think that it's like one of the more promising hip-hop voices she's she's got one of the more promising like hip-hop deliveries mm -hmm. that i've heard totally. out of experimental hip-hop artists it's a good point yeah, very recently. And also, a small little point here is, like, I love the little, like, classic rock samples. Yes, on here. when the levee breaks. Oh. Yeah, the when the levee breaks drums, when those came on, I was like, holy shit. And they're perfect. Yes. Too. Oh, I loved it. They're, yeah, they're all, and then the Aussie sample um, at the beginning. Yes. On the intro track is just frightening. Um, and it's it, the production that's put over it is amazing, and it it just kicks off the album so well. I think. Um, so yeah, I I think that I think this album is awesome. Uh, you mentioned the interludes. I, you know, I love interludes. I right. do like these interludes a lot. Mm -hmm. I think I agree to you to an extent that like 
it doesn't it kind of makes I don't know. It doesn't make a total, a lot of sense with it being only 23 minutes mm. or so. Um, but I think that there's so much going on in this project that the interludes provide a little bit more space. It's like adding, like if you got a really small apartment, you add in a giant window or something. It just makes right. it feel larger than it really is. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that sort of design with the interludes on here. I think that they do a really good job of making this album feel like a larger concept than the time allows it to be. Um, I do wish that it was longer, but I think for the time that it, it uh, for the time allowed, I think that it accomplishes everything it set out to do like in a very, very honest and aggressive and exhausting way. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't really, I think I, that's pretty much all I have to say about this. Uh, nice. I think this album is awesome. I think it's one of the most inventive hip-hop projects that I've heard. It, the most inventive hip-hop project I've heard this year. Um, and, and one of the most inventive projects I've heard in a little while. Um, it's just straight up nine. Yes. Very not like I'm almost there myself, dude. It is so good. It's um, awesome. The more I listen to it, the more I love it. Yeah, I like it's seriously hard to, and even with my major complaint that like it's too short, it. I kind of feel similarly to what you just said about the interludes, where like if this record was forty minutes, I'd probably be like beaten. You know, like it, like yeah, like it's almost too much. Um, so like. You know, I, I think it's actually pretty valid that this record like has its space and its brevity. Um, like this might end up being a nine for me later on too. I'm just not quite there yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is funny, you know. We do these recommendation podcasts, and the one time we finally recommend the same album, like of course it's like an experimental hip hop album about mental illness. <laughs> like it, you, you really couldn't have drawn it up <laughs> any better than that. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the the other thing I'll say is um, I too love the the Black Sabbath uh, Ozzy Osbourne um, sample at the beginning. Honestly, though, and this is a bit embarrassing, but the way it was utilized, I thought it was an MC Ride sample. Um, oh. <laughs> to, to me, it sounded yeah, I mean, it's like what, yeah, it's not too far from like from uh from his kind of especially like the delivery of it too exactly like the voice like oh no please god i was like okay this is some death grip stuff um yeah but yeah (laughs) no i'm i'm glad you love this album um because yeah it's and i'm glad like i think she just got an article in npr so like she's kind of blowing up a little bit Um, yeah that's awesome so yeah yeah, can't wait for that tiny desk yeah that'll be interesting Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess it, I guess it's back to me because uh, that was like your third one, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, this one I'm calling I'm I'm giving it the award for most obvious recommendation. Um, I, I guess like the most stereotypical recommendation for me. Um, okay. And, yeah. And and that's uh, Arm and Hammer. That's not. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, With, yeah. I was gonna say that's not the car or the backwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does it get more obvious than car? Yeah, as it turns yeah. out, Arm and Hammer uh, with shrines. Um, 
I mean, of course I recommend it because uh, death, taxes, and me recommending a Billy Woods project. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Arm & Hammer is a, a New York City-based hip-hop duo uh, consisting of rappers Billy Woods and Elucid. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about these guys many times. I've been a big fan of their work as Arm & Hammer, but also their work as solo artists for, I mean, ever since we've started doing this podcast. Um, a, a huge reason why I enjoy Arm & Hammer records is um, the same reason I enjoy many hip-hop duos, is that their styles, they mesh so well together, but they're distinct enough from each other. Um, they complement each other perfectly. I'll I'll start with uh, Elucid, I guess, because he particularly impressed me on this album. Um, I always love him, but I think he stepped his game up here. He has this like raspy, sinister delivery that kind of cuts. It's like menacing. Um, it it always adds like this edge to whatever song he's on. Uh, many of his lyrics have to do with hopelessness and personal struggle. Uh, I wrote down a couple of my favorites. Catch me in the corner not speaking doesn't mean I don't have much to say. I bet you can't tell when I'm tweaking. My anxiety don't look like yours. Uh, and then this one I, I liked about his faith. Talking to the skies, celestial bodies that wise men follow. Stopped making sense when chaos rang hollow. Uh, so as you can see, like his lyrics often deal with doubt and anguish that come with his background. Um, as do Billy Woods' lyrics, by the way. It's just that Billy Woods has a a different approach to it. Uh, he has a very ranting, direct delivery and like a super confident voice. Um, I love Elucid. He's great on this album. Uh, but you know that Billy Woods is my guy. Uh, mo mostly because of like his unique phrasing and lyricism. Um, for example, I, he has a couple extended metaphors that I think work great on this album. One of them is this sort of Wizard of Oz metaphor where... The tornadoes are representative of the problems in his neighborhood. And when he pulls back the curtain on the wizard, it turns out that the wizard is like the corporations and the bureaucracy and everything. I really liked that. Um, another one of my favorite extended metaphors from him uh, relates the violence in his environment to American football, uh, the sport. Um, <laughs> we are a music podcast, I had to clarify. Uh, yeah, not the, not the never meant. <laughs> though that would be great, and I think it could pull it off. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's talking about, you know, people running, jumping, and hiding in alleys the way a running back might. Uh, he's using, like, shotgun and pistol terminology, you know, kind of like football formations. Uh, and he kind of compares the demise of people in his neighborhood to the demise of former NFL players who suffer from CTE. Um. There were a couple specific lyrics of his that impressed me, and these require a bit of setup, so uh, so please indulge me for a couple minutes if you don't mind. Um, one of them, okay, uh, there's a line on the Nas song, Life's a Bitch, that he makes a reference to. The Nas lyric goes like this, I switched my motto, instead of saying fuck tomorrow, the buck that bought a bottle could have struck the lotto. So basically, it's like this optimistic line saying, hey, you know, maybe you can succeed in life by investing your money into something fruitful instead of wasting it on this coping mechanism. So Billy Woods is not optimistic. He's super pessimistic if you're a fan of his work. Uh, he spins the lyric by saying, the buck that bought the bottle 
could have struck the lotto. Sounds tight, but rings hollow. And then later he says, the buck that lost the lotto could have bought a fucking bottle. And it's just, I love that spin on a classic line. And it's emblematic of Billy Woods's justified cynicism. Um, and the other lyric I wanted to mention from him is another reference to a classic hip-hop song. Uh, two of them, actually. Both of them by Jay-Z. So on Jay-Z's, again, this is going to take some setup, so please. Mm. Uh, on, on the Jay-Z song Renegade, uh, he responds to his critics by saying, do you fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? It's kind of become this like classic line. The Evils is a song from Jay-Z's first album about the vice of chasing money and power. And he compares money and power to like temptations from Satan. Um, and so Billy Woods cleverly combines both of these songs by saying, did Jay actually listen to The Evils or did he just skim through it? It's like such a smart way to call out Jay-Z for succumbing to the same greed that he criticized on yeah. his very first album. Um, you know, I wish I could continue to explain more lyrics, but the thing with these guys is like, it, this lyricism is absolutely coded. I mean, I do not understand most of what they are saying, but part of the fun is trying to interpret the meaning or create your own meaning. Um, this is maybe their most abstract album yet from a lyrical standpoint, and um, arguably true from the uh, production side as well. Uh, they use cold, experimental instrumentation, as expected. It sounds good, don't get me wrong, but um, I prefer the production on other Armand Hammond records like uh, Paraffin or Race Music specifically. Um, I don't have a ton of other complaints, but it is worth noting that I was disappointed by a guest list that includes some of my favorite names, such as Rap Ferreira, Quella Chris, and Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, overall, I was kind of like, oh man, I, I wish I got more out of them. Overall though, love this album. Um, Arm and Hammer, their bleakness and despair are always powerful to hear. Um, Shrines is, I would argue, Shrines is just as political as the new Run the Jewels album. Um, it's just that Run the Jewels sound pissed off and Arm and Hammer sound like absolutely exhausted. Um, so anyway, it, great album. I'm giving Shrines an 8 out of 10. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Great analysis. That, that was that was awesome. Thank you, thank you. This is this is kind of. Uh, I feel like we have a very bleak and heavy recommendation list for the most part across you know both of our well <laughs> both it, of our list. I don't know if you've seen the news. It's been a pretty bleak past three months. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I wonder why that could be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not listening to a whole lot of. Uh, <sighs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Maroon Five, probably reach out to yeah, right, it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because my next, my next one is a very bleak mm. uh, project as well. So there you go. Um, well, I'll get to that, but first, I wanted to just shout out a recommendation that I can't really give anymore, um, unfortunately, because the, they yeah. had to. This band had to break up. Um, and this album probably won't end up making my list because I was only able to listen to it like a few times before they removed it. Mm -hmm. But, um, the black dresses album, yeah. peaceful as hell for 
you know, what I gave to it, I thought that it was at least super interesting. And um, the subject matter on it was very, like, harsh and, um, like, very forthright and honest. And I, and the instrumentation was just, like, pretty distinct and original. It's just kind of sad that they, uh, you know, that they had to break up. So, but just a shout out to that album. It, you can't listen to it anymore. So right. I can't really recommend it. <laughs> right. Hard to recommend something that's not there, but just, you know, I mean, uh, Debbie McCallion does have a feature on the backwash album. So, you know, I didn't even put, listen, yeah, that's her on. Yeah. A, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. On the, I can't remember which spells. track it is. Spells. Yeah, spells. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a great it's a great feature. So I guess Absolutely. if you want to get some taste of black dresses, you can listen to that. But um, yeah, just a shout out to them. I, I It just sucks the way that they had to break up. And, you know, I just, yeah. The album itself I thought was like not incredible, but it was very interesting. But, I, you know, I, it just sucks the, the way that they had to leave. Yeah, no, glad you shouted them out. I, I agree. Uh, not exactly my cup of tea, but super interesting. And, you know, sometimes we talk about the future of music on this podcast, and that's an album where I'm like, okay, this yeah. album is maybe a little ahead of its time. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Sh- shout out to Black Dresses. Um, yeah. So, um, which is funny, that's another very bleak project, too. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> this next one is literally just think about death as the award jeez <laughs> yeah i'd say this is bleak <laughs> yeah um and the uh, it's from the it's the new album from the band ulcerate um, oh yeah this one also has some of the one of the best titles i've heard all year stare into death and be still wow which is some edgy shit, but it's like great. I, I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, that's basically what this album is about. It's um, it's a death metal album that is uh, that explores life in a social sense and an existential sense, and very heavily in the perspective of it ending. Um, it's honestly lyrically very emotional even though the delivery is very guttural and kind of traditional in in terms of what you would expect from a death metal album um but the instrumentation is like the standout on this it's just super wide-ranging it switches up constantly um it's always keeping you guessing like what's going to happen next everything the compositions are all really tight like I said, the vocal delivery is very intense and cathartic. Um, and it's got some amazing just straight up guitar riffs on here that, you know, are just, I don't know, they're just nice to hear sometimes. Sometimes it's just awesome to hear some mm-hmm. cool guitar riffs that are that are executed well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the subject matter on here is very emotional. They speak very candidly about the reality of death, about suicidal ideation, about um, people wasting their time trying to be happy. Um, and then ultimately kind of just giving up towards the end of their lives and 
just wanting to die, uh, which is very upsetting, but very realistic too. Um, and they just explore all of these ideas um, of, of what it means to what what it means to even be happy, what it even means to be depressed, you know, in the face of death and just kind of putting this perspective on the listener. And it's honestly a very therapeutic listen in, in a lot of ways because of that. Um, if you put, I mean, suicidal ideation and depression is nothing to mess around with and it's nothing to glorify at all. But if you put things in the perspective of death, it can sometimes help to, it can can sometimes help to, uh, I don't know, just cope with the reality that you're dealing with right now. Uh, And I think that that's the theme that Ulcerate is trying to do on this. They're trying to connect with the listener on this shared reality that everybody is going to die um everybody struggles in their own way even people that you know try to outwardly be happy um by by uh, buying things by careers by whatever they're all going to still face the same ending as somebody that struggles daily with crippling mental illness um so it's kind of it's kind of unifying in a weird way through all that subject matter um but it is also very sad and bleak and kind of heartbreaking in a lot of ways too um but it also is paired with this just super kick-ass instrumentation too so um it's overall just a very cathartic project it is very long um the shortest song on here was like just under six minutes Mm. uh so but they they do a really good job of kind of like exploring all these facets of progressive death metal and especially instrumentally i mean it's just super tight and concise and uh, they go all across the board and in in uh in terms of the genre so yeah this album's really cool i i think that it it can get a little tiresome i guess at some points but i think that it's just a very cathartic album to listen to and when you it's really weird to like listen to something that's this brutal and then look into the lyrics and just see such like poignant thoughts about you know about mental illness and death in general um it's really nice to to have that juxtaposition and it kind of puts like this uh very kind spin on what the (laughs) what the instrumentation does not convey (laughs) uh so yeah i i i hope that's clear I, i was kind of rambling there for a second but yeah this album's good very very solid project 8 out of 10 for me on this one good stuff uh, Ulcerate with uh, what was the album title again something yeah. <laughs> I gotta do it in my edgy voice yes stare into death and be still yeah oh definitely oh that's that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the thing with the I mean 
the the purpose of this podcast is to recommend music to our listeners, but you keep coming with these ones that I am not familiar with. So um, I'm getting something out of it for sure. Like all, yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, other than the Backwash album, which I would recommend as well. Um, That's kind of funny. Like all these, like you haven't heard, but then the Backwash one, you I'm also like, recommend. Right. I'm like, I'm in on that one. Um, so yeah, good stuff. And uh, I guess I'll go to uh, the last record we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm calling this one the I Can't Believe Pitchfork Named This Best New Music Award. <laughs> um, and this goes to Medhane uh, for the yeah. album. <laughs> the album title is Cold Water. Um, so Medhane is a rapper from Brooklyn. And that's about all I can give you in terms of background. Medhane is so <laughs> underground that he doesn't have a Wikipedia article to reference. So I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, okay, so uh, all right. Why am I recommending this album if I can't believe that Pitchfork named it best music, best new music, I should say? We've discussed this pet peeve before, Patrick, but it bears repeating um, that Pitchfork will declare an album to be best new music if it receives a score of like 8.2 or 8.3 out of 10 from them. Yep. And in my experience, any sort of hip hop project that is remotely experimental abstract or underground or good uh, will frequently receive an 8.0 or an 8.1 which is annoyingly shy yep. of the best yep. new music bump uh, that gives an artist a lot of exposure. I mean, it's kind of a joke, but at the same time, like people will listen to you if you're named best new music. Um, mm -hmm. The Armand Hammond record I just talked about, 8.0. Uh, the two previous Armand Hammond records each got 8.1. Uh, the Ka record I talked about today, 8.1. Ka's three previous albums to that, each 8.0. It's, it's it's a real statistical, like, you can watch this data and, and see the Unbelievable. The uh, Mike, just last week, 8.0. Uh, I was like, yeah. it. I, I'm starting to call it, just like, oh, that's an 8.0. Mm -hmm. Not, yeah. it's an 8, it's an 8.0. Um to the decimal point. So anyway, yeah. the point is, Medhane, Cold Water, received an 8.4 out of 10 and a Best New Music distinction. Um, so even when one does get Best New Music, it's like 8.4. Um, yeah, exactly. But, Still, like, it just barely made the cut. Right. Like, unless you're Earl Sweatshirt, you're not, I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, it, but it did get Best New Music, and so I was really excited to give it a listen. And um, yeah, I think my excitement was really justified. Uh, Medhane occupies this niche hip-hop movement happening right now, popularized by artists such as Mike, uh, Navy Blue, Slouse and Malone, and recent Earl Sweatshirt work. Uh, the music in this style can be described as like dreary, lo-fi, sluggish, and monotone, which might not necessarily sound like alluring descriptors to you if you're listening to this. Um... This record will not be for everybody, um, but I love it. But I only love it as like a full listen. Um, this is once again the part of the podcast where I just simply mention the length of the album and call it analysis. Uh, Cold Water is 15 songs in 35 minutes. So it's a short album where the songs average a little over two minutes in length. And despite the backwash record, um, 
there isn't like a ton of substance to these tracks. Uh, the structure is very loose. Um, so I'm not sure these tracks stand out too well on their own. Um, but I love listening to this record front to back, no skips. Uh, I just love throwing it on and just listening to it for 35 minutes straight. This is a consistent record uh, with like a ton of cohesion and a really strong sense of flow, um, which is why I think the no skip approach works well. Uh, the album works as like a, it's like a vibey project. You can listen to it that way and it's really enjoyable. Um, and that's, you know, I think a way a lot of people are going to listen to it. Um, but I do like actively listening to the content as well, even if it's repetitive. Um, Medhane raps a lot about his pain and the grind of everyday life. Uh, the album is about trying to like navigate his trauma uh, in hopes for a better tomorrow. So on the opening track, he says, Awake for days, moving through the maze, stargaze, scarred frame, working till we saw change. And that line is like a perfect summation of the album's themes. Uh, he frequently uses rain as a symbol for his struggle. Uh, you know, he's kind of like moving through the rain with no umbrella type of lyricism, uh, which is why I think the record's titled Cold Water, but I'm not super sure. This album is pretty mysterious. Mm. So what's kind of different about the lyricism here is like his delivery is unconventional and the music is pretty abstract. The lyrics themselves are not. They're actually like super direct, and I don't think you would need to visit Genius to kind of figure out what he's rapping about. Um, the Ka album, pretty complicated lyricism. The Arm and Hammer, super coded. This is direct, even if he kind of says it in an indirect, with an indirect inflection, I should say. Um, right. So I, I enjoyed this particular movement in hip hop. Uh, I liked the Navy Blue record from earlier this year. But I think this niche has some like inherent flaws to it, such as a lack of engagement and uh, a structure that is often too loose. Uh, Cold Water suffers from some of that, um, but overall, you know, I'm I'm loving it. I love the flow of this record. Medhane has a great voice. I love the production on here, especially, and um, I love the consistency of the record. Um, just has a few negatives, is all. So yeah, Medhane, Cold Water. All I did today was give out eight out of tens, so yeah, eight out of ten. Yeah, this time as nice. well. Yep, just a very solid uh, quarter for recommendations, I guess. Absolutely, I don't think I had any nines this quarter outside of the uh, the Rina Sawayama, but uh, a ton of eights. Yeah, yeah. Ton of eights. It's been a great quarter, uh, great year for music, man. I, and earlier, I thought it was yeah. just like I'm listening to more music, but now I think it's just legitimately a great year for music. So, yeah. Yeah, I was I, I was ranking or not ranking, but I was just starting to write down some from the year, like just albums that I think have been great. And I was like, yeah, like I haven't listened to that. I mean, I've listened to a little more than I did in previous years, but hasn't been that much. And it's just been a solid output of of stuff from a lot of different artists. Right. Like this year, I think I have three nines and then a ton of eights. And I've yeah. I've never had to like cut eights from my year end top 50 list. And I don't think I will this year, but I might. And that's, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, a total depth to the music uh, release, uh, the, I guess the music schedule of releases this year. So, um, yeah, that's, those are our quarter two recommendations, our quarterly report for the second quarter of 2020. Um, the music was great. 
So it's a good yes. quarter in that regard. I mean, yeah, everything else kind of sucks, but, you know, the music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I hope you all have plenty, you know, you take these recommendations to heart and give them a shot. Um, all of these artists are actually, you know, they're pretty underground. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I hope they get some more much-deserved support. Um, thank you for joining me on the podcast, Patrick. Yeah, always love it. Uh, Yep, I do too. Excited for quarter three. Um, Thank you all for listening, and um, until next time, bye.